So as we all know, our um, Bible reading is um, 2 John, uh, the whole of 2 John, so it's not a huge reading. And this says, uh, To the chosen lady and her children, whom I love in the truth, and not I only, but also all who know the truth, because of the truth which lives in us and will be in a, with us forever. Grace, mercy and peace from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Father's Son, will be with us in truth and love. It has, been, it has given me great joy to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as the Father commanded us. And now, dear lady, I'm not writing you a new command, but one we have had from the beginning. I ask that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. As you have heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. Many deceivers who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh have gone out into the world. Any such person is the deceiver and the antichrist. Watch out that you do not lose what you have worked for but that you may be rewarded fully. Anyone who runs ahead and does not continue in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever continues in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not take him into your house or welcome him. Anyone who welcomes him shares in his wicked work. I have much to write to you, but I do not want to use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to visit you and talk with you face to face so that our joy may be complete. The children of your chosen sister send their greetings. We give you thanks and praise for these, the words of uh, our Lord. If you'd just like to say hi maybe to the person next to you while I set up, uh, that'd be great and I'll call you back in just a moment. to continue those conversations later, uh, but let's, let's pray as we uh, look at God's word together. Let's pray. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, uh, thanks that your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our paths. Uh, we pray that you'd use it uh, tonight to show us the way we're to live for you. Uh, help us to change in the areas uh, that you would have us change. And we uh, pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you keep your Bibles open and your outlines out, that would be great and that will uh, help you to follow along as well. Well, it seems like there's advice everywhere for how we should live. I mean, I remember being given some helpful advice. Uh, I was uh, still in uh, high school at the time and so I was living at my parents' house uh, and one night 
I was just walking into the kitchen to get some water. My dad was sitting at the kitchen table and he said to me, Dan, can you sit down for a moment because I'd like to just have a chat. Uh, When he said that, I immediately thought, oh no, this is going to be one of those awkward conversations where babies come from or something like that. But then instead he said, Dan, uh, you know I care for you, so I want to give you some fatherly advice. And he went on to say lots of things, but basically it was along the lines of, whatever you do in life, I want you to work hard at it. So if you're going to be an engineer, then I want you to be the best engineer you can be. If you're going to be an accountant, then I want you to be the best accountant you can be. If you're going to be a teacher, then I want you to be the best teacher you can be. Uh, And Now, none of this advice was really new to me, but it was helpful advice. It was good advice. And we hear good advice like this from our friends and family all the time, don't we? And of course we hear there's all sorts of other advice that we can get as well. So if you want financial advice, you can go to a financial advisor. Uh, If you want career advice, you can go to a careers counsellor. And if you want relationship advice, well, there are even relationship advisors like Hitch. But when you think about it, what advice is really worth listening to? Uh, What advice is really worth taking? Well, tonight we'll see that John has advice for us in this letter of 2 John. Uh, It's advice on heaven and hell. Uh, And by this stage, and and this is worth listening to, by this stage he's the last surviving apostle. Uh, He's on his deathbed and so he's writing the most important advice he can think of to pass on to the next generation. And he says, I want you to walk in the truth. John's concerned uh, that you and I walk in the truth. And he has just two instructions uh, to make sure we do that. He says, love one another and guard the truth. Love one another and guard the truth. So firstly, we're going to look at this idea of love. Uh, He's writing uh, so that we'll love one another. And this is his great desire for all believers. I mean, can you you imagine being part of the church who's receiving this letter? Uh, The last apostle on earth is writing to you. And on one hand, he's saying, uh, I'm rejoicing greatly. Uh, It's wonderful that some of you are walking in the truth. You believe it and you're living it out. Like This is John's greatest joy. But then do you notice it's not everyone. Uh, he's saying some of you aren't. So there's some of, some of you who are and some of you who aren't. Well, if you're anything like me, uh, this would spur you on. You'd want to be one of those Christians uh, who, John, who John is rejoicing over. One who's walking in the truth. Uh, like what we see in verse 4. Uh, he says... It has given me great joy to find some of your children walking in the truth. And so he says, if you want to walk in the truth, then you need to love one another. Love your brothers and sisters. You see, John's being a bit like a father, reminding his son of something that's really important. He's saying, I'm not telling you anything new, but I'm reminding you because it's just so important that you love one another. And the reason why love is so important is because it's linked to what you believe. When you love one another, it shows that your belief is real. So that means that you can't have one without the other. You can't say that you believe in the truth, but then not care about other Christians. And if you do love, it must be because you believe. And this makes sense because when you think about it, love is so strange. I mean, everyone here in this room is different. 
Uh, I like AFL and you might like soccer. I worked as an accountant and you might be an engineer. And my first, ling- my first language, you wouldn't believe it, is English. Uh, and your first language might be Mandarin. Uh, and yet, we love each other because we believe in the truth. And so this is what John's talking about in verse 5. Uh, he says, And now I'm not writing you a new command, but one we have had from the beginning. I ask that we love one another. And what will it look like to love one another? Well, John says it's obeying God's commands. Now, this might sound confusing at first because uh, if you're obeying God, then aren't you loving him uh, rather than loving each other? But it does make sense because all of God's commands are summed up by loving him and loving one another. So when we follow the commands of the Bible, we're loving one another. You know, if the Bible says, don't get angry, and then you get angry with someone, then you're not loving them. Or if the Bible says, don't slander, and then you go and slander them, someone else, then, then that's not loving to them either. And that's what John's talking about in verse 6. He says, this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. As you have heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. And this sort of love is totally different to the way the world thinks about love today. It's radically countercultural. I mean, you hear it every time you turn on the radio. The, the world thinks of love as if it's nothing more than a feeling. There's songs like, I'm not going to sing this, but it's like, I, I can't help falling in love with you. Uh, or if you, if you know Taylor Henderson, uh, then you, you might know his really insightful lyric, uh, love is a feeling that you feel. <laughs> Um, and it's sad because I suspect this is a, but it is also sad. I suspect this is a big reason why the divorce rates are so high today. This this view that that love is just a feeling. But real love, Christian love, is sacrificial. I mean, as Chris said last week in the morning service, um, this sort of love takes you to places that you wouldn't normally want to go. It's like the love that the first Christians showed each other. Uh, the first Christians were so gripped by God's love for Jesus uh, that they, actually, they loved each other sacrificially. Uh, they basically provided their own uh, social welfare system, uh, they cared for widows, and they sold their houses so that they could share the money with each other. And so, th- and so this is John's first piece of advice for us for walking in the truth. He says, show sacrificial love to other Christians. And now we see his second piece of advice. He says, guard the truth. Like a soldier protecting his camp, guard the truth. And so he says, watch out for false teachers. Um, He says, you need to be careful of false teachers because they're deceptive and they're dangerous. So firstly, they're deceptive. They're deceptive because these guys come across as if they're the real deal. They make all the right noises and so they seem like they're genuine. And also, they, they they come across as if they're pretty cool. Uh, they've got all the latest ideas. They're cutting edge. And so they're the sort of people who you and I would probably like to hang out with. But what's really happening is that these false teachers are leading Christians astray. They're deceivers. You see, the false teachers have taken the ideas of the culture around them, the views of the world, and they've merged them with, their Christian belie- or with the Christian beliefs. So they're very deceptive. Back then, the culture thought that anything that was physical was bad and anything that was spiritual was good. 
And that meant that they didn't like the idea that God could suffer and die. So the false teachers were saying that uh, Jesus only became God after uh, his baptism uh, and that God's presence left Jesus uh, before he died. And so this means that they would have, while they would have seemed, genu- seemed genuine uh, back in, in Jesus' day, they'd really lost the truth. And that's what John's talk, warning about in verse 7. He says, Many deceivers who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh have gone out into the world. And what does John think about them? He says, any such person is the deceiver and the antichrist. Now I'm sure that you and I wouldn't get fooled into thinking that Jesus was only God part time, but John's point is still the same for us. We need to watch out for false teachers because if we get Jesus wrong in any way, then we've lost the truth. But not only are these teachers deceptive, as John says, uh, secondly, they're also dangerous. They're dangerous because when it comes to the truth, everything's at stake. Uh, He says to Christians, watch yourselves, otherwise the false teachers will lead the church away from the truth. Uh, And then everything, if that happens, everything that the apostles have worked for will be lost. All their evangelism, all their teaching, all their caring, it will all come to nothing. So he says they're dangerous because they could undo all the apostles' work. But thirdly, they're dangerous because you could also lose your reward. Um, The Bible says that every Christian uh, who faithfully serves God will receive a final reward. Uh, That's what we see in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 14. It says, If what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. But of course, if Christians are deceived, then that reward would be lost. Uh, they wouldn't receive it. But, and then fourthly, finally, and worst of all, John says, these false teachers are dangerous because if you follow them, you're leaving God himself. You see, if you were brainwashed by these false teachers, you'd probably feel like you were running ahead. You know, you'd feel progressive. Uh, you'd have all the latest insights, all the latest ideas. But John says the problem with running ahead is that you're leaving something behind. You're leaving behind the truth and ultimately God himself. David Jackman puts it helpfully. He says, to desert the doctrine of Christ is not progress but apostasy. And that's what we see John talking about in verses 8 to 9. He says, watch out that you do not lose what we have worked for but that you may be rewarded fully. Anyone who runs ahead and does not continue in the teaching of Christ, does not have God. And since John says, watch out for these false teachers. They're deceptive. They're dangerous because you could lose the apostles' work, your reward, and God himself. But what should, what should these Christians do when they find a false teacher in their church? Well, John says, don't accept them. Don't accept those guys. Uh, imagine this. Imagine you were part of a church in the first century, And so visiting preachers would turn up at your church all the time. Uh, They'd say, hey, can I join you today and uh, preach? And normally as Christians, you'd welcome them and love them. So for you to then turn around and say, no, you're not welcome, uh, it seems harsh, doesn't it? It would have been really shocking. But that's exactly what John commands. Uh, Why is that? Well, the reason why you're called to do something so shocking is because false teachers are so dangerous. John says, if you let them into the church, 
then you're accepting their message and it's putting the entire congregation in danger. So don't accept false teachers. And this is why our denomination takes employing ministers so seriously. Uh, I'm training to be a minister at the moment, a bit like Greg, uh, and it feels like there, there are hoop after hoop, there's hoop after hoop to jump through. Uh, I've been uh, through eight months of interviews already, I'm doing four, a four-year course of training, and then next year I've got more interviews which are going to be even more intense. And I'll be getting asked all about, you know, what do I believe? Am I living it out? So it's a long road. Uh, but, that's, but it's good that it is because the truth is so important and we need to guard against false teachers. And this, it's exactly like what John is saying in verses 10 to 11. Uh, if anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not take him into your house or welcome him. Anyone who welcomes him shares in his wicked work. And so this is John's advice to us, like a father's advice to his son. He says, walk in the truth. And you do this by loving one another and guarding the truth. You see, what advice is really worth taking? Uh, We've seen that there's advice everywhere. There's financial advice. There's career advice. There's relationship advice. But John was most concerned that we walk in the truth. This is the advice that's really worth taking. And the way we walk in the truth is still the same today. And we do it by guarding the truth. You see, there are still false teachers today who are deceptive and dangerous. Uh, Sure, they're different to the false teachers in uh, John's time. Uh, They don't say that Jesus was only God part-time or anything like that. Uh, But they do still use the ideas of culture uh, to change the truth. And so so what they do is they describe God as um, just being there to make you feel happy. They say things like, uh, God just wants you to feel good about yourself. Uh, rather than uh, God wants you to be saved from sin and judgment. Or they say, God just wants you to be a good person, uh, rather than only Jesus is good. Or they say, uh, you can just call on God just when you want him, just when you need him, rather than we exist to worship God and enjoy him forever. You see, I've been in a church that's just like these, what, what these false teachers are, what I'm describing these false, te- false teachers to be like. Um, They never talk about sin or judgement and they speak as if uh, God just exists for me rather than me existing to serve God. Uh, And so we need to listen to John's advice and guard against these false teachers. But how do we do that? How do we make sure that we keep believing the truth? Well, we need to be reading our Bibles. You see, it's by reading the word of truth that we know the truth. And this means reading the Bible, reading our Bibles during the week. Now, I must admit that I struggle with this when life gets busy. Uh, I find it hard, and so that's something that I'm working on at the moment. I've um, tried changing what I'm doing, so uh, it's more achievable, and hopefully I'll be more consistent at it. Uh, so I know that I work well at night, and so just before I go to bed, I'm reading a chapter of my Bible, uh, reflecting on it, and then praying. Uh, and then that's it. But it's worth working hard at because it's how God grows us in the truth and keeps us safe in the truth. And as people who know the truth, uh, we also need to make sure that we always have our Bible antennas on. Uh, Whether we're listening to sermons or chatting with our friends or reading posts on Facebook, uh, we always need to be asking ourselves, does this match with what the Bible says? 
We need to guard the truth in our own lives. And uh, I saw how important this was uh, in a situation that one of my friends was in. Uh, I, was in the cha- I was in the same church as him at the time, and I won't say which one, but uh, one night after the sermon, my friend uh, noticed a visitor. So he went over and introduced himself and um, asked, what did you think of the sermon? And the visitor said, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, but then that visitor went on to start trying to teach my friend uh, that all Christians are able to live sinless lives. My friend thought to himself, that's not right. Uh, he knew that uh, John would call that sort of person a false teacher. And so he let the pastor know and the pastor asked that person to leave. Uh, as unloving as that seems, that was the right thing to do. Uh, and this shows us that the task of guarding the truth belongs to all of us. We all need to have our Bibles, uh, Bible antennas switched on. We need to listen to John's advice to guard the truth. Because if you don't, you could end up walking away from the faith. And we don't want to see that happen to anyone. We want to see every single person here in heaven. So we need to take John's advice and guard the truth. And it's by believing this truth, uh, this, by believing this truth, it should cause us to love one another. You know, when we hear that uh, we need to love one another, it's tempting to dwell on uh, all the ways that we fail to do this. Uh, but the thing is that we need to stop dwelling on this and instead look to Jesus' death on the cross for us. Because when we know God's wonderful love for us in Jesus, then how could we not love others? Uh, this is what happened with Jean Valjean in Les Miserables. Uh, I normally don't like musicals at all, but uh, I, I actually was transfixed when I was watching the change that happened in Jean Valjean. Uh, Valjean was an ex-convict who'd stolen bread, uh, and while he was on parole, he came to his wit's end. And it was at that very moment that he was shown amazing love. Uh, he knocks on the door of a bishop, the bishop opens it uh, and says, Come inside, have some food, you can stay here. And despite this bishop's kindness, Valjean did the unthinkable. Uh, He took the bishop's silverware and ran. Uh, The police caught him and by that point he was done for. He was going straight back to jail. Uh, But when when the police took Valjean to the bishop, amazingly the the bishop said, I gave Valjean that silverware. Oh, and by the way, you forgot these candlesticks as well. Take these too. The bishop totally covered up what Valjean had done. It was an amazing act of love. And it's because of this one amazing act of love that Valjean went on to do so many acts of sacrificial love himself. He looked after the poor, the prostitutes, and and raised a girl named Cosette. Uh, And like Valjean, uh, if we've experienced God's amazing love, if we're gripped by the fact that he sent his son to die for us, then how could we not sacrificially love one another? It's because of God's sacrificial love that we can love one another sacrificially. And this is what the first church did, what we saw earlier. Uh, because of the love of Christ, they sacrificed their houses for the good of each other. And if they sacrifice their houses, then what is it that we'll sacrifice to love one another? And surely we'll be able to sacrifice our time and money to love one another. So what advice will you take? Uh, if you take financial advice, you might become rich. If you, take career, if you take career advice, you might get that job you want. And if you take relationship advice, you might meet a special friend. But John's advice is a matter of life and death. He says, walk in the truth.
by loving one another and guarding the truth. Let's pray.